0: This is the What I Live For podcast for Thursday, June 11th, 2020. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the What I Live For podcast. And today I'm talking to my friend Chelsea. You can find Chelsea on Instagram at chelchip. And I, I've i been trying to get Chelsea on the podcast for a few few months now it's been i don't want to say several months like we've been doing it trying to get this together since like maybe october of last year uh and our schedules just did not like mesh well so it it just happened to i happened to just dm her out of the blue one day and she said that she was available so we have done the podcast so uh i i wanted to talk to chelsea because i, I know she has a weight loss story herself uh she's like a huge advocate of on mental health and, and loose skin and body and like being body positive and things like that. So I wanted to get, I wanted to get her on the podcast to talk about just her story, uh, of where she's been with her weight loss journey, uh, and just kind of get a a little bit of background on who she really is. So I, I, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I had a lot of fun recording with Chelsea. We get into a lot of different topics. So, uh, with that, I'll just get right into the episode. hello hello how are you
1: i'm good how are you
0: i'm good welcome to the podcast thank you i
1: know it's about time i mean we've only been talking about it for like a year or something
0: well i I know and i just thought about that today uh when when i asked you what we're still on for today i was like we've been trying to do this for a while now
1: so has a couple of times we're like we still on oh no 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 it doesn't work out anymore <laughs> I'm, like, I'm running a bit late i'm sorry i swear it's happening
0: <laughs> no you're good you're good so so how are you doing today
1: you know pretty well con- considering <laughs> the weekend was a different story but i figured out that that was because of the caffeine caffeine withdrawal that I didn't know I was going through. But
0: oh, oh no, I saw your story about how they got switched to decaf and you didn't realize it.
1: <laughs> had no idea and the whole weekend we're like, we're so tired and we both had headaches and we're like, what is happening like, what's wrong <laughs> am i like i was so emotional to and then it all clicked this morning when i time i'm like yeah we've been drinking this coffee for like four or five days now
0: <laughs> well, well hopefully that got that got um uh, that got fixed
1: oh yes there was coffee in the groceries that came home today
0: so. <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah cap- like caffeine withdrawal is, is no joke I i did that before i did it for like I think Nikki had this this whole challenge that she did where she wanted to re I think what did she call it? She she was trying to like readjust her ad- adrenal glands and so was, I think was, I
1: kind of remember this.
0: And oh, so man. we both she she decided to do it, and I said, "Oh, well, I'll deal with you." And then I ended up doing it for like a straight month, and I think she stopped not too long after I did. So
1: yeah, it's just like oh oh. <laughs> Like, I've heard so many things about caffeine withdrawal because I was not a huge coffee drinker until about two years ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, like, I know all about it. I've never really went through it because I just started drinking coffee. This was the first real time that it happened. And I'm like, I get it. I get it now. (laughs) (laughs) My body lives for caffeine. It's fine. Yeah.
0: it's no joke like to Mm -mm. to get yourself off caffeine it's no joke because that Mm -mm. that whole withdrawal is no it's no fun
1: no I'm like we were like it was was so draining and I remember remember sitting there on Saturday night and Rich and I looking at each other like why are we so tired (laughs) (laughs) meanwhile my brain's like what the hell man
0: like what did what did you do what did you do (laughs) (laughs)
1: how are you
0: i'm good um i just got off work so i'm 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 a little rested right now Uh, um just kind of relaxing and just enjoying my night uh i just i just got an email from my gym saying they're reopening in like a week and a half so that should be fun great
1: (laughs) we're not close to that here yet i don't think but i i work for a gym right so i'm eagerly waiting to have my job back but yeah yeah,
0: i mean i work for a gym too and i'm just like i'm like i'm like is this gonna be safe like that's yeah. the thing that is in the back of my, my mind right now is like is this gonna yeah. be safe
1: well then in in, uh, in ontario here they're um they're pretty locked down still but they're starting to like release that they're open to in the next little bit getting ready to reopen and start doing things yeah. and um i think that once uh america comes back with the numbers of you guys reopening uh, like that might impact where we go as well but who knows only <laughs> time will tell we'll see what happens this but hopefully everyone stays as safe as possible right like yeah <laughs>
0: Yeah, this is this complicated
1: whole, situation, period. Yeah,
0: but. this whole situation is like the weirdest thing. Like, when we we're older and we we're like in our in like 60s, 70s, and 80s, we we're like, you remember that time when we went through all this coronavirus stuff? And like, yep. yeah, it's going to be weird.
1: <laughs> we just had a, we were just talking to Rich's grandmother the other day because she just turned 76, I think it was. Yeah. And uh, so, like, obviously, she's been through a lot of history, right? Yep. And uh, he said to her, Is there anything that you've seen that has like compared to what's happening right now? And she's like, Honestly, no. The closest would be like the war when everybody was stuck inside because, but like we weren't in Canada, we weren't really worried about blowing up or whatever, but yeah. we still like all were in our homes and it was a much different scenario, but it wasn't as bad as this is or as hard to deal with as this is. And I'm like,
0: shit. Yeah. I I just, I've just never realized, I never thought that I would go through anything like this. And then now that I'm through it, I'm like, this is the weirdest thing. It's
1: so strange.
0: It's so strange. And then for you to go, to to go back and tell like your grandkids, like years from now and be like, Hey, um, there was a time where we were all stuck in the house because of a virus that nobody knew who had it. And it was in, in our system for two weeks. Before I even showed show symptoms, like that's that's just the strange. It sounds like a science fiction movie. That's what right. it sounds like.
1: I like relearned about the Spanish flu, something that I hadn't thought about since my high school history class. But <laughs> um, and it, just like the whole, like a one every 100 years, something similar happens, and it's like that you know that world cycle. They're all <laughs> the world is cleansing itself. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> Just releases some like horrible thing that kills a bunch of us and goes on its merry way. Anyway. <laughs>
0: it's like a hundred years from now. Okay, you're next.
1: Go. next time. My wow. oldest will remember a lot of this, but my youngest probably won't. We talked about that in a bit too, and like how crazy it is the difference of that they'll get from this experience because one is almost ten and the other's only four, right? So like, mm-hmm. it's night and day for them. But
0: yeah, that's that's crazy. so let's talk about you where did you where did you grow up
1: um i grew up in this little town called north bay in ontario okay and um it's boring very boring
0: (laughs) why is it boring (laughs)
1: uh it's just one of those towns now now it's at a point where it's grown a lot more but like when I lived there, it had this really tiny strip mall. There wasn't a whole lot to do. Most of the kids like just didn't end up in good situations because there wasn't a lot of promise in that city. It's like it's grown quite a bit now, but I still hear from people who live in, in North Bay how like it sucks to live in North Bay, and I get it. Um, and from there, I moved, I don't know, like a million times in my lifetime. So <laughs> it's let's, been a lot of moving. So
0: let's talk about that. So what was your childhood yeah. like?
1: Um, well, my mom was a Jehovah Witness okay. and um, was disfellowshipped rather soon after I was born because of uh, relationship issues with my father. And they were breaking up and the church didn't want them to break up. So essentially she got banished from the family, from everybody. Um, hmm. And me and her Went she went to working multiple jobs and going to school. We lived in a car for a bit. Like it was, it was a pretty rough situation because in in those circumstances, like they the family won't even talk to you. They have nothing to do with you. You are out. You are not part of the family whatsoever. Yeah. So there was no one she could turn to. So we did. We lived in like really crappy apartments and cars and whatever hopped around There's so I remember a lot of like sharing a bedroom with my mom growing up things like that because we we didn't have money we had food stamps and I ate old cereal and like, <laughs> definitely taught me what poverty is like <laughs> it, it gives you a different take on life but um now she's like makes a lot of money, she has a great job, they have a great life, and it's like completely night and day for me and my brother who is 10 years younger than me and is with her second husband type deal. Um, But, you know, it wasn't like the greatest of childhoods, but it wasn't a horrible one either. I had a lot of great memories with, you know, family and stuff like that. And, um, like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Is
0: your younger brother the only brother you have?
1: Uh, no, not technically. Um, I don't have a great relationship with my dad, uh, and uh, he has his own kid. So yeah. I have, technically have two half brothers and a stepsister, but I never see that okay. side of the thing.
0: So what was school like for you? Were you an academic or were you like into sports? Which,
1: which... Uh, I was. I hated anything athletic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Like with a passion and it's, and it's funny skating. though because
0: you, you you do climbing now so it's like yeah it's it's crazy right. to, to think that
1: honestly it's all because i had to find something that i actually found a little bit of interest in i remember like hopping a million different athletic things as a kid and not sticking to any of them not liking any of them um the biggest thing i stuck to was figure skating and that lasted like i don't know six seven years something like that and I competed in it in the works, but then one day I just woke up and was like, I don't actually really like this. I just like tolerate it. Uh-huh. <laughs> so when I stopped doing that, um,
0: <laughs> what, what got you into figure skating?
1: Uh, I wanted to play hockey, Okay, <laughs> but I didn't really know how to skate. So the first step was figuring out how to skate. And then I just kind of got comfortable in figure skating. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, progressions.
1: Uh, I, I know, right. Um, but that, that like, it attributed a lot to my older years and, like, hating the gym because I just, nothing physical was entertaining to me. It was just work that I didn't want to do, I guess. Yeah. Um, until I found climbing, which is, like, involves so much of your brain and calculating the moves before you even get onto the wall. And it's just, like, completely different experience that I never thought I would ever find. But now that i wish i found when i was much younger obviously <laughs> um but for like a- academic wise i wasn't like super bright but i was decent at things like science and english yeah um and then uh, arts and music was like my my big thing that i was stuck in for sure
0: were you did you play Brahma. an instrument or did you Or you like did you sing or which one did you do
1: I played many instruments. I, um, as, as, originally... a, as, a, as a
0: fellow band geek, I want to hear this because I, right. I, I play I played in a band as well.
1: All right. So when I originally got into music, I played the flute. Okay. That was my like introductory instrument. Um, from there I learned the bassoon. I taught myself piano. I played guitar, I played bass guitar. <laughs> I just kind of like, whatever it was I like, picked it up now I can't read music to save my life
0: <laughs> that that is funny because I, I started playing my bass guitar again and I'm like I cannot like I can still read music for the most part but like I'm just like this is like foreign language to me still like, right and it's been I can't remember the last time I played music I want to say like like late I mean early 20s and that's, yeah. So it's I was, been a mine's while. Mine's
1: probably about a good like ten to fifteen years ago yeah. that I last played anything, and that would be guitar for sure. Yeah.
0: So what what were you like in high school? Were you very social, or were you just kind of to yourself?
1: Super introverted, very shy. <laughs> Other than the drama, which I was like super into drama, so I'd jump on stage like it was nobody's business. But then it came to like real life interactions with people. I have my small little group of friends and then nobody <laughs> I remember like I would always be that person who knew everybody but was not really friends with anybody or like yeah overly went out of my way I just kind of knew who they were um it also partially had to do with the fact that my mom was a teacher so a lot of them knew me because they knew my mother from through the years of being in their class and what have you but um yeah I was like kind of geeky and weird and i liked vampires a little bit too much and
0: <laughs> <laughs> i'm laughing because i just thought about like that whole midnight sun announcement
1: oh just... yeah apparently i don't know I, stephanie meyer like there was a point where i read her books but that wasn't my vampire book of choice i was actually obsessed with uh, this guy named darren shan and um yeah, there was a movie that came out not like years ago, years ago that was based off the story. They did a horrible job, <laughs> as per usual. Um, nope. But it was a series of book called *Cirque de Freak*, and there was like thirteen books or fifteen books, something like that. And I read each one of them every single time a new book came out. I reread the entire series. I was obsessed. When
0: did I those obsessed. come out? Because like I, I. I... I'm only saying that because I've there was a time where, like, every kind of YA or, like, any kind of, like, just kind of horror genre came out, and, like, it was so many books in just one series. So, like, it was right. always, like, it, it was never, like, one or two books in a series, like, back like 10 years ago. It was always, like, there's 10, 15, 20 books in one series, and you're, and you're like, man, this oh, yeah. is forever. Kids
1: have no idea nowadays. They only got, like, four <laughs> books in their series? Dude. <laughs> Most series back then had so many books in them. Um, it was oh my god! I would have been in grade seven, mm-hmm. which is like early two thousands. Yeah, like early two thousand like maybe two thousand on the mark.
0: <laughs> That's just amazing to me because I remember like because I'm I'm a little bit older than you. Like I I turned forty this year, so like I know there was so many like of those horror genres that like there were a series of books and there was like a lot of them and uh, and they spanned it like like it was one of them coming out every year and i'm just like this thing is never going to end
1: it felt like it which was great as a kid cuz you're like i don't want it to right but <laughs> there was so many i remember when i finally read that last book in that uh, vampire series and like just sitting there bawling my eyes out cuz i'm like no what do you mean there's no more books like <laughs> I can't do this. Yeah. But I read a lot. I read, I don't know, Artemis Fowl and Harry Potter and pretty much anything fantasy or vampire or demon or horror related. I was a bit of a bit nerd in that aspect too. Are you still a horror nerd now? Uh, a little less. After I had kids, I kind of like, it's like now you have something to worry about dying for, you know what I mean? <laughs> so... I, there was like there was times where me and my friends in high school would go through the movie aisle at Blockbuster and just rent every single movie that existed. And now it's like I put on a horror movie and I can't watch another one for three months because all I can think about is I might die.
0: <laughs> <laughs> also, the horror movies now aren't that good. Let's just be real.
1: They're pretty garbage now. <laughs> it was funner when you like make fun of them a little bit.
0: <laughs> this, this is true. There's, because now it's not about the scare. Now it's just about like how like how we can kill somebody like the easiest way.
1: Oh yeah, or like jump scares. Yeah, that's all they care about is that you're jumping, which I hate that shit. Like don't don't (laughs) jump out at me. Rich knows this all too well when he tries to scare me every once in a while, and I like turn around and almost punch him in the face because I'm like no don't do that.
0: (laughs) Oh man. Yeah, I don't want to be anywhere near that. (laughs)
1: <laughs> no, it's not great. <laughs> you know, if we ever do make it to a flying pig, just no, don't scare Chelsea. <laughs> <That's... laughs>
0: Note it. <laughs> Definitely not gonna happen. <laughs> so, what was what was high school like for you? This is like this. I know these, these are the years where things kind of take a turn. Sometimes, yes. Um, so what was high school like for you?
1: Well, I was I was pretty familiar with bullying entering high school, because um, being a child whose mother is a teacher is not the easiest road, especially when you go to the same school as said mother who is teacher. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I I was always kind of used to being picked on a little bit. And uh, high school for me was more of a turning point where I became who I was, I guess, um, I, where I had a really great solid group of friends and felt a lot better about things. Like I was still being teased for this, that, and whatever, but, um, it was night and day from being in school with my mother teacher. Um, (laughs) (laughs) and then, uh, it also was a point where like, you know, you get your first real steady relationship and you pack on some weight and, you you start to see the world in a different light because it's not so like innocent child anymore. And so, you know, it's, it was that typical up, down everywhere, losing friends, gaining friends. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't super special for high school. That's for sure. (laughs) So what
0: was, so what was life for you after high school? Like, what did you, what did you end up doing after that?
1: After that, I went to college for the first time okay. and that aspect I wanted to get as far away from home as possible. so I took a, a acceptance to a college program where I would have to live in a residence building and like night and day, no longer wanted to be a child and within five minutes hated it because responsibilities uh- <laughs> <laughs> Uh, And then I started to really dislike the program I was in, which was an arts program. I went for photography. And um, by the end of the year, I was out of that program. I was done. That school, I didn't know what I wanted to do in life. (laughs) Everything was up in the air. And then I met a guy who got me pregnant, and I gained a bunch of weight. And uh, it was a very toxic relationship, so Mm. it didn't end up going anywhere type deal. And, uh, I really beat myself up and started to develop really bad outlooks on life, really bad habits, just kind of broke down from there type deal. Um, and then eventually met my husband, went back to school and, uh, continued on with life.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, 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 just remember, and you were talking about like that first, that first time you go to college and like, you just feel like you don't fit in. And so I, I, I had that same kind of issue that you did, like where you went to the school and like, you were like, this doesn't work for me. Yeah. And so I think I went like the first year and I was like, okay, I'm out. Like, I can't. This, this is. I
1: remember like yeah. halfway through this, the first night was the most memorable when I just like sat in my residence room and cried my eyes out on like, yeah. um, cause it was like a shock like all of a sudden I was like, wait a minute, I'm actually alone. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know what to do, right? And um, then halfway through the semester, I started noting that, one, I really didn't like the people who were in my program because they were all stuck-up art people. And two, that I wasn't as into the program as I thought I would be because I was 17 years old walking into... Uh, like I'm all of a sudden an adult when in reality at 17 you're still like a kid like you have no idea what's going on in life but in your mind you're like yep I'm an adult I know what I'm doing right and uh halfway through the semester I was like I I don't want to be here I made a rash choice by picking this program I don't super love it it was just like I like to take pictures so here I am and uh I ended up after that point just like completely giving up and just
0: throwing my hands and be
1: like, no, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what you're saying. It's my husband. Yelling at the children.
0: (laughs) So I, so you said that you went to college, you dropped out and then like you got into a, a toxic relationship, got pregnant and then that relationship broke, broke off. Right.
1: Yes. It was, it was one of those like super narcissistic, type relationships i was also young and you know in denial and had my own flaws Mm. and uh we were just really bad for each other and the works and when i found out i was pregnant he didn't want anything to do with it and i was like that's fine see you later (laughs) i feel so
0: and is that is that the first time when you had a a issue with weight after you became pregnant or is that
1: um in college i i did gain some weight i remember pre-pregnancy i was pretty close to 200 pounds. Like I wasn't thin, but I wasn't overweight, overweight. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it was with the pregnancy that I packed on I gained somewhere between like 60 and 90 pounds probably throughout the pregnancy. Yeah. So that's, that was really where I hit my, my high peak.
0: And you never had like a weight problem before that, or that's just when it just really started was around college.
1: Um, well, I like, I was always kind of chunky. I was never a skinny kid, especially mm-hmm. cause I wasn't super active. Cause I, again, hated everything. <laughs> um, and my, like my mom was overweight. She had weight loss surgery when I was in my teenage years. Like it's, it's definitely something that was in my family and continued to be in my family it was, we did not eat the greatest because we all were a bit on the heavier side, but it was it was never something that I truly thought about very often, but yeah. I do have like memories of a kid thinking, you know, look at me, I'm fat. When I was like, I don't know, thirteen, ten. Like looking back at myself, like, oh, I was so skinny when I was a kid. Meanwhile, it's like I'm, I was ten, right? Like. <laughs> yeah.
0: So like, so like after you had your first kid, like, how was life for you after that? Like.
1: Oh, horrible. I had horrible. the worst depression, the worst postpartum. I was a wreck. I, having left a very bad relationship, also spiked and really turned my anxious personality into full blown anxiety and panic attacks. Yeah. Um, that was really a big turn for me and my mental health and my stability at that point when we broke up. That totally changed how I looked at the world. Um, it was definitely something that I like super uh, fell apart about and like was like the most depressed slob of a person for so it felt like forever right like years years and I not only because I gained the weight um, started to beat myself up about that but like in this said relationship, there was a very distinct moment that I remember that he's told me that I was going to get fat and then nobody would love me because of the baby. Like just one of those super, super toxic scenarios that then led me to my whole life be like, nobody's going to love me because I'm fat. And I'm like, I know this isn't true, but yeah. I just couldn't leave the thought behind, you know? Well,
0: it was hard to hear that from somebody that you just cared about for them mm-hmm. to say that to you. And, and you take that stuff to heart.
1: Oh yeah. And it like it, it, it you almost beat yourself up more about it because even past the point and you're like I know that it was wrong and I know that it wasn't a good thing but I still beat myself up about it. So then you beat yourself up more about it in a mm-hmm. way because you're just like I I shouldn't let this beat me up but it does. So yeah. then it starts a whole different cycle, right? Yeah. But...
0: So how did you how did you get yourself out of that? That that depression and that like all that stuff. How did you get yourself out of that? Like
1: it took a long, long time. Yeah,
0: um, I, I only asked that because I know that you are very very mm-hmm. much an advocate for mental health.
1: Oh yeah. And, and Super that, open about it. You're not crossing any boundaries. Don't worry, I'm not yeah. like <laughs> shying away or anything. No, um no. no, it it took a really long time. I distinctly remember for a long like this this one moment waking up and thinking like i just i don't want to live like this anymore yeah um and it was pretty close to the point where i started to actually start to lose weight too it was around that same point in time where i stopped looking at myself in a what is me matter and started looking at myself in a okay what's next right yeah, yeah. and um i just started to try and think as positive as possible. So I would catch myself anytime I would say something negative to myself, I would catch it and I would re say it. And I still do this to this day when I'm feeling really anxious or really depressed. if I hear myself saying like you're so dumb or you know, some stupid comment that you're making to yourself in your brain, I'll I'll literally say out loud like you are a smart person. Yeah. You know what you're doing. Like I talk myself through it and I would do things like right on the mirrors, like you are loved, you're worth it. Whatever. Cause there were so many times where I would be like, I'm worthless or, you know, you, you your feelings take over. And then all of a sudden you are night and day, a completely different person than you want to be anyway. And I didn't, I didn't want to feel like that anymore. And I knew that how I was feeling was also bringing down those around me as well. And I didn't like that. And I just didn't want to be that person. So I decided at that moment that I was going to change my outlook on life so that I can stop being this negative cloud that just like grabs onto everybody else around me.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and you you
0: touched on a good point about like, like how words really shape who you Mm -hmm. are. Like if you, if you're always saying something negative about yourself, then you're always going to think that you're that negative person that you keep yep. saying. And if you say something positive, it's the opposite. Yep,
1: and it it won't be. It's funny because it won't be until you truly want to change that anything will happen, yeah. right? Like there's so many times before that point where I was like, "I'm not going to be negative anymore," but then I was still negative. <laughs> like it's such a hard habit to break. Yeah, and it it really does take like a lot of effort on your part and you need to have that drive to be able to consciously change that or before long you're just in the same spot you were before it's kind of like weight loss right until you're truly ready to make that change the change is not gonna happen
0: yeah, exactly. And it's just like a muscle. You have to just really train that muscle of, I can't, I don't want to say these negative words to myself. So you have to really like train yourself to be like, and like just like you, you write it on the mirror and you re-say things back to yourself. You're training yourself to, to take those positive affirmations and really use them.
1: Yep. And like one of the hardest things, especially when you have mental illness is to turn around and say something actually positive about yourself. I remember like laughing the first time that I said it because it was like, that sounded so stupid. <laughs> like, I can't believe I just said that, but the more you do it and the more you follow through with it and the more you look at it in that way, all of a sudden you will be a positive person. i now people look at me and they think, like, I, I just am positive all the time. I'm just this positive whatever. They look at me if I'm having a bad day and they're like, whoa, like, what is wrong with you? Like, this is not normal. Whereas before I could have a bad day and nobody would even pay attention to it because it was just me all the time. And I would take that internally as like, nobody cares about me. But in reality, it was just people were so used to me being upset and down that it was normal, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. So where, so where, where did the weight loss go for you after, like, like what was weight loss still kind of in this whole genre of like you trying to fix the, like your, your affirmations that you said to yourself, like, was that all kind of tied in together or.
1: Oh kind of yeah. A hundred percent. There was, um, it kind of all went hand in hand strictly because in order for me to feel better about myself, I also needed to, feel healthier and happier with myself. Yeah. Um, so I started really aiming for that mindset and my initial goal was to be skinny, right? Like I didn't, I didn't truly, truly care about the health, health obviously was a scary part of it because I didn't want to at almost 300 pounds turn into like, or become super unhealthy and die or have something really negative happen to me. And, uh, but when it initially came down to it, my whole, it was all outer experience and what have you until like, like halfway through. So I had this switch in mindset where all of a sudden I realized that I didn't really care if I was super tiny. I mostly cared that I felt as good as I was starting to feel, yeah. which was yeah. healthy and well. Right. So something I was used to, because when I was so much heavier, I was sitting there just Wondering, one, when the day was going to come where something horrible happened, where the diabetes came through or whatever. Because I had all these cancers and diabetes and things in my family, and that I really didn't want in my life. Um, but yeah, I don't know where I was going. I totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> no,
0: you're, you're fine. Is that is that what really pushed you like to to really change your life? Was because of all of these underlying things that are kind of prevalent in your family.
1: I, I think it, it's what pushed me to continue. Okay. I, at the at the beginning, it was hundred percent mostly just because I wanted my outer appearance to look the way that I'd always dreamed it of looking. But when I started to feel healthy and stopped feeling so much like joint pain and stopped having an upset stomach all the time and stopped being so sick and catching every cold and when i stopped doing all these things and i started feeling healthy and actually feeling healthy it was like oh like never mind i don't really care what i look i just want to be this feeling forever <laughs> like, yeah. i i don't want to go back to constantly having bathroom problems and stomach issues and because it was it was something that i lived with constantly that only ever the doctors would tell me must be ibs like what else possibly could you be having these stomach issues for but when i switched my food that all went away
0: so what was the highest weight that you you actually got up to
1: the highest i saw was 270 but i imagine it was a little bit more than that because that was around the time that i stopped weighing myself
0: yeah and so, what did you do initially, just to lose weight? Like, what did you did you just focus on diet first, or did you? Yes. Okay.
1: That that was huge for me because I had went through many diets previously to this. Where after, like, whatever, trying to lose the baby weight, I didn't start <clears throat> losing baby weight till my oldest was six, right? Okay. Um. So that six years ahead of that, I had sat at that high weight and up and down and everywhere and went to the gym and stopped going to the gym and tried this diet and stopped doing that diet and did P90X and then stopped doing P90X and looked into Weight Watchers and stopped looking into right. Weight Watchers. And my mom, as I said, had weight loss surgery. So the whole time she was also there like, you should get weight loss surgery. And I was like, I don't want to do that. So like, it was just all over the place. And uh, I wanted when I was truly ready and truly made the change, I wanted to do something that I actually liked eating. So yeah. that was like, my biggest thing was I need to find a way to eat healthier without absolutely hating my life. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I cannot do that. Um, so I watched this documentary called sugar coated. And I've talked about this on my Instagram. like, every five minutes because it (laughs) truly changed my life but i mean i've had uh,
0: had conversations with you about different documentaries so
1: yeah (laughs) yeah talk to everybody about them all the time but um i just sat there and realized how much processed sugars a hidden things Mm -hmm. and b what they truly did to your body and it just like sent me on this spiral where i was watching all these different sugar documentaries and reading articles and looking into it and like found YouTube videos about um people who strictly lived off fruit completely and like didn't eat any meat or anything else just fruit um and i that blew me away because you would get contradicting information being like fruit is bad whereas these people are very obviously are very healthy people and totally fine and totally like have the right weight and everything and um which also led me to articles talking about how families who would eliminate sugar from their diet would go an entire year without catching a cold or a flu and I was like what that like what are we feeding ourselves right like it just completely blew me away to the point where I was like I can't I can't do this to my body like everything I eat has sugar in it every single thing I was eating had sugar in it and my biggest um, problem was juice like I was not a big pop person but you can buy those like cans of frozen frutopia or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. and then you add the water to it. And I would drink one of those jugs at least a day, maybe more. Right. <laughs> like that was my, I didn't drink water. i drank juice. So anytime I was thirsty juice. Um, so the biggest thing that I did right at the beginning was just stop drinking so much juice. I still bought juice and I, but I would limit it to like one small child sized glass at dinner and eventually it was i stopped drinking it every day at dinner and only drank it on the saturday and sunday and then eventually i just completely forgot to even grab a glass because at that point i was just drinking water all the time not thinking anything about it and within the month i lost like 40 pounds or something or yeah that's
0: that's that's crazy that's how i I started because i had a big soda problem Mm -hmm. and i dropped the soda like and then within the first week i dropped like 11 pounds just, oh, yeah. Just from, just from not drinking soda anymore.
1: Well, like through the documentaries, you learn that, you know, you can eat sugar in a lot of ways. And if you're eating sugar gradually in dishes and throughout your day, then it won't be as bad on your body as something like juice or pop or ice cream or yeah. dessert. These things that are filled with sugar, especially things like juice and pop, because it's just liquid, liquid sugar, essentially, is what you're drinking, right? Exactly. And what it does is it creates this tsunami effect on your liver that the liver can't keep up with the amount of sugar that you're putting in your body at one time. So then it changes it into fat, and then it like starts a whole slew of problems for your body because the liver's like just like throws it out. Right? (laughs) (laughs) I don't have to do (laughs) this. So when I learned about that, it was it was totally game changer for me. And I was like, wow, like I was so under this cloud that so much of what I was eating was quote unquote healthy. Well, meanwhile, it had, you know, sour creams and milks and sauces and ketchups and all these other things added in that just were sugar on top of sugar on top of sugar on top of sugar. And I was like,
0: that was it's true because I, I was talking to Nikki at one point, we were talking about how there's sugar and was it Nikki? It was either Nikki or it was, or it was Amy, and I was yep. talking about how it was sugar and everything because I like actually went to the store, um, just just a regular grocery store run, and I just wanted to see what how, what what was what sugar was in everything. Like like I wanted to see yep. like how much sugar was in everything I was picking up, and about three fourths of the things that I usually would have picked up had some form of sugar in it.
1: <laughs> yep, and it's crazy because you know. And your body does. It processes it so much differently, a processed sugar, than it does a natural sugar, like an apple or watermelon or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it always gets me when people come up to me and tell me that fruit is bad for them, but no. <laughs> that's a, that's a not, different story. Um, fruit is
0: not bad for you.
1: No. <laughs> like, but And it's definitely not the thing that you need to be scared of, that's for sure. Um But it just it just blows my mind. So when I started doing that, after I cut the juice out, then I started trying to uh, stay away from the middle aisles of the grocery store as much as possible. So we would do a lot of our most of our shopping, like at least 90% of it on the outside in the produce and the meat and the dairy and the frozen, right? Like that was kind of our go to and then we cut like grab a couple beans from the inside but when I started eliminating all the packaged food from my life then the weight just continued to get shaved off and shaved off and shaved off because all these little sugars that were in my diet before were now completely gone Exactly. Mm -hmm.
0: yeah that's 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 crazy that how much of the things that are in the grocery store have some form of sugar in it and it's and it's just wild just to
1: look at that stuff yep And, like, when I talk to people about it and they come up to me all the time, and like, how did you lose the weight? I look at them like I stopped eating processed sugar. And they go, oh, I don't eat dessert. I'm like, well, honestly, it's not your dessert. That's the problem. (laughs) They're like, what do you mean? (laughs) I'm like, well.
0: (laughs) Look at that package you just picked up and see what's on it.
1: Look at everything you put in your cupboard.
0: (laughs) And it's just amazing how much stuff has has that. Stuff. And it's and it's not about just stuff that has sugar. It's the stuff that has added sugar in it. I think that's yeah. the biggest thing.
1: Mm-hmm. And so many things to hide under, you know, uh, not sugar from concentrate or no added sugars. But if you look at the list, there's there's millions of names for sugar or sugar mm-hmm. substitutes that all cause your body to go through the same sort of distress. And I guarantee even if it says no sugar, there's probably something on there like xylitol or something that actually is sugar. That's still doing the same thing to your body. (laughs) They just get away with saying that it's not sugar because it doesn't say sugar, right?
0: That's because people were getting smart to it and then they had to change it to Mm -hmm. something completely different to to hide it.
1: Yep. It's so crazy. And I, I feel like a completely different person. Like yeah, I honestly, no. I can look back at my old self and be like, I I don't even really know who that is anymore.
0: <laughs> no, that that that's wild though because I I had that same issue where like I, well like I I lost all the weight and I and I was like I don't even know who that person was before, but I also I had this problem too. I don't know if you had this problem, but like then I got to the, like my
1: lowest and I was like I don't even recognize the person that I'm looking in the mirror. Yep i sat with rich for a because he's like what do you mean you don't feel like you i'm like i can't explain it but i look at myself and i don't necessarily recognize myself but i also don't recognize pictures of the old me like i yeah. just don't know like i know who i am but i don't know at the same time it sounds silly but they
0: no it's i mean it's a big it's a big shift from this person who like didn't really care about what they ate they just ate whatever they wanted to this new person who is a little bit more healthier about their their choices but you're also like i don't even know who this person is so it's Mm kind of like you lose your identity from the person that you used to be to the person you are now and and you just sometimes it's hard to really figure out who you are in the present
1: yep especially and like now now yeah. And now it's been a couple of years where I've been a lower me that I'm starting to truly feel like me, but I still look back at those old pictures and go like, I don't even remember that. <laughs> like I, I do, but I don't at the same point, because it's almost like my mind was just like, <laughs> forget that happened.
0: So let's talk about this. And I know you're like a huge advocate about loose skin. So let's let's talk about that. Like, when did you decide to like really push like this whole uh, being an advocate for loose skin and well, the skin you're in?
1: As I um, said earlier, there there was a point right where my where my mindset shifted from being skinny to being healthy, yeah. and that was probably around the same time that. I posted my first picture on Instagram of my loose skin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, uh, leading up to that, I wanted, like there was weeks before that po- point where I'm like, I want to post a loose skin picture. And I was like, I don't know if I want to post this. <laughs> 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 I, this like, uh, uh, I had this, all this reserved feeling that this skin was this disgusting part of me that showed this part of me that I didn't like that showed my weakness. And I would sit there and be really upset about it. And I would look in the mirror and be like, I'm never gonna look small, right? Like this skin is gonna stop me from looking the way in my mind is perfectly pictured as this skinny person who I once upon a time was or whatever. Like it it was totally throwing me for a loop. And the one day I stood there with the post and the picture that I was gonna post on my phone and like ready to go. And I just stood in the mirror and stared at myself and looked at this picture. And then I was like, what, what am I waiting for? Like, why am I holding this back? Why am I not talking? I talk about everything else. Why am I not talking about this? Why do I feel shame about it? And then I totally, completely threw out the post that I made and made a completely different post. Cause all of a sudden I was like, no, like why do I even look at this skin? like it's a problem. I shouldn't be looking at this skin like it's a problem. It's a reminder of how much strength and how much determination I've had to get to this point, right? like, exactly. It's not hard or it's not easy is what I was trying. To, it's not easy mm-hmm. <laughs> to get here. And now that I'm here, like why am I looking at this like it's a bad thing? I shouldn't be looking at this like it's a bad thing, but I also make it very well known that It's not a bad thing, and it's also not a bad thing to want to get it removed. Yeah, (laughs) like one day when I have enough money and I'm for sure done having kids, I might get it removed, and that would be my choice, just like it'd be anyone else's choice to do that. And if that's what truly is going to make me happy, then that's what truly is going to make me happy. Now, am I unhappy in the body that I'm in? No, but if that's a way that I want to go, then that just ends up being a way that I want to go. Partially because I don't want to clap without my hands while I'm running, but yeah, you
0: know, no, I mean, I know, I know for a fact, like it's because I, I, because I think when I got down to my lowest, I I had like a lot of loose skin, but I wasn't gonna be like, oh, I need to go, I need to get a get the surgery, like, I didn't really want to get the surgery, yep, and I, I remember. I lost my weight around the same time that like Obese Beast lost his like or, yep. or just around that same time. So like I remember like him talking about how he didn't want to get his done just because he said he didn't need it done. And I, and I felt yep. the same way that he that he felt like I didn't need to have it done unless there was something like medical that was really bugging me. And so oh, yeah. Just, and that's
1: how i feel about it too right it's like i don't have a desired need it doesn't create super amounts of pain for me and some people it does create yeah. a lot of pain for them so like 100 percent, go get it removed if <laughs> it's like don't live with that just because but you know i'm in a point financially where one i can't really afford to get it cut off yeah um, and two it it doesn't bother me like it maybe there's some days where you know it messes with my mind a little bit and triggers my body dysmorphia and makes me look at myself like I'm a bigger version than who I am but in reality like it's just there and I'm a little bit of a chicken shit when it comes to surgery so
0: (laughs) I mean, you really got to think about it. You're, you're going to be down for weeks.
1: like. Right? I watched my mom go through it, too, because she had her skin removed when she had her weight loss surgery. And, like, she couldn't do anything for a long time. I'm like, I don't want to do that pain. So like, you, had a, you
0: had a case study. You were like, all right, all right I've seen it. I don't know if i right. I
1: watched her, and her arms and her stomach all wrapped up in her tubes. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> no I, I i totally understand that because like it's it, it it'll completely if you're that kind of person that doesn't like to be like just kind of down for the count like it's it's yeah. a lot to
1: mm-hmm.
0: not only mentally but physically like you have to deal with like rebuilding yourself and it's it's just a lot to put on one person especially oh, if you're yeah. ready for it
1: oh yeah uh, I would feel bad. I would be uh, something that I would have to have a very big discussion with even my husband about, right. Cause he would end up taking on a lot of the brunt of the work and with us having relatively young kids, like if I was to walk and go do it right now, like, just not feasible. It just doesn't make sense for me to do that right now. So, yeah. but you know, I might change my mind in 10 years. And if I do, I do then. That's what it is. So I'm not gonna hold it against anybody for wanting to or wanting not to. It's completely up to you and what you need in your current moment, what's important to you. So Yeah. Just embrace it for what it is until you get to a point where you either remove it or forget about it. Exactly.
0: So let's talk about the podcast and the blog. So Yeah. Where did those two come from?
1: The podcast was all Daryl's fault.
0: (laughs) The podcast is always this podcast is because of Daryl. It's always
1: Daryl's fault, man. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, That was, I remember I came across Daryl's page because he did a podcast with uh, Losing It For Health Stacy. Yep. And um, me and Stacy at the time, I had been following her. This was pre when she opened up her account to public and got like stupid famous. Um, (laughs) Because I remember her putting a poll out being like, should I open it to public? And I voted yes. And I remember all of that, (laughs) but she then went on the podcast with Daryl and then I found Daryl. And then I reached out to Daryl because I was like, Hey, like you seem kind of cool and blah, blah. And this was when I was more, um, like I'd lost a bit of weight, but it wasn't like my complete lowest weight or anything like that at that point. Um, and I reached out to Gerald and we did a podcast together. And by the end of the podcast, he's like, you need to do your own podcast. And I was like, nah, nah. <laughs> and then that's we did like, a couple that's more. A, that's like, that's the selling
0: point. That's how he gets you. <laughs> yeah. He's like, Hey, you've been on my podcast now. You can do it. It's your <laughs> turn. <laughs> tagger <you're> it. <laughs> uh-huh.
1: So yeah. then I did a couple more and then eventually it was just like, nah, I'm opening this podcast because I want to get more of my words out than that tiny little caption on instagram mm-hmm. and then um and then i just found myself like i don't have a hell of a lot of time for the podcast so it kind of like disappeared a little bit and yep. then i was just like writing these essentially blog posts on my captions so i was like i need to make this into a spot where i can put more of my words out there so the blog came back and now the podcast's coming back because now me and daryl are doing fucking friday so
0: <laughs> which, is, which is great i heard the first episode it was great
1: Thank you, thank you. You two
0: have, you two have the greatest <laughs> chemistry as a podcasting duo.
1: We always said this. Every time we did one together, we were like, we could just talk for hours. So why not? Was like, no,
0: it's easy to talk to Daryl you know. for hours because he he will get you started and you'll just keep going. And you'll keep going. Right.
1: Yep. Man. I was supposed to be on his new podcast and then we set up a time and we, we kind of like said hi to each other. Talked for about 25 minutes about everything that wasn't the podcast <laughs> and then he's like okay let's actually do the podcast I'm like okay and then he got a phone call and he's like okay never mind I gotta go <laughs>
0: perfect <laughs> so you have to you have to schedule things out with Daryl you have to put it on his calendar he'll see in your link. Oh, yeah.
1: even when I put it on the calendar sometimes it doesn't work because we just talk about football or whatever <laughs> what's going on Oh, that sounds like you. Know. Um, but yeah, the blog is really—it's something that I'm super passionate about because um, I've always loved to write. I've written a couple books, but I've never um, published them. But I do plan on doing it one day. Um, yeah, I so to I've to say, always I kind of—I was gonna
0: say, like, you better put that book out.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I need to. I really—it's I, now been so long since I've edited it that I could probably go back and edit it a lot easier because I don't know if you've ever edited your own book, but. It's really hard to reread something that you know every in and out and aspect.
0: Of. <laughs> That's why you have it's to like get there's... you have to get a proofreader. You have to get Daryl to proofread it for you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so I like at this point I could probably re-edit the whole book and almost change the entire thing because I've gone through so much more in life since then too. But mm-hmm. I just gotta sit down and do it as a brown.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, now is the perfect time to do it. I'm just saying. Right.
1: It's starting. Don't worry. I've opened it one step at a time.
0: <laughs> so we'll be looking for a book from Chelsea in 2021.
1: Heck yeah, yeah. It's all forgetting Theodore. It's great.
0: <laughs> See, now you have this on the record. So now everybody's going to be like, where's the book?
1: I know, right? I'm going to start getting poked. I have like a page on Facebook that I made years ago when I originally did the book. because I was going to plan on editing it and releasing it. And it again, never happened. Um and every once in a while I just see a bunch of people follow it and I was like, Okay <laughs> Just don't bother me about it, it's fine.
0: See so you can't you can't pull like a, a JK Rowling and, and not put out a book every every year. Like now you have to put it out. You can't be really. you can't be holding off. You I can't like put teasing out a, it. You can't in your put up everybody's gonna
1: be like, Hey Chelsea, where's this book?
0: You can't put a midnight sun out twelve years later and think nobody's gonna buy it. Come on. <laughs>
1: One day it will be there. I promise. Okay.
0: <laughs> Everybody's gonna hold you to it now.
1: That's all right. Someone's got to. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I appreciate you coming on the podcast and just being open with me about just like your your story. Because um,
1: thanks for having me, man. I'm glad I, we finally got to work it out.
0: <laughs> this is why we have calendars.
1: <laughs> yeah. One of these days, you can come on one of the episodes of Fucking Friday with me and Daryl. We'll just have a shit show. Right, It'll be great. Do you really want that? Yes, have I you, do. Have you never Are heard dumpster me? fire?
0: <laughs> if you get me, it and Darryl, would be amazing. You say that. You say. I know that.
1: that. I hear the dumpster fire podcast. Okay.
0: Oh, when you at, at the time at the time we're recording in May, by the way, everybody. Uh, by the time everybody else hears this, there's already gonna be another one out, probably two more after that. Uh, yeah, that's gonna be interesting because we have a few more planned, so that's gonna be fun. Yes,
1: I'm saying
0: I want to thank Chelsea for coming on and sharing her story and just having a just a really good conversation with me uh, on the podcast. It, it, like I said, it it was fun to get her on the podcast. Uh, like we've been trying to get this. Uh, together for a while. And it was just really nice to finally get to really have this huge and thorough and very like open and honest conversation about just who she is and what she's been through in her life. Um, so I, I really appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. If you want to follow Chelsea on Instagram, you can follow Chelsea on Instagram at chelchip. If you want to follow me on Instagram, you can follow me on Instagram at Willie Gillis. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns for the podcast, you can email me at what I live for podcast at gmail.com. And that's going to be it for the episode. I hope you guys enjoyed this and I will see you in two weeks.